in your Bible with me. We're going to talk about, I passed out the lesson last time, didn't really uh, get around to it very much, but uh, I want to talk about the, the common theories about creation. Now, uh, we were in our last lesson very specific about the matter of a 24-hour day. Uh, remember that we would say, and I guess based on the best extrapolation from the genealogical text of the Old Testament, we would say that probably human history in this world, beginning with Adam, coming all the way down to our time, is roughly about 6,000 years. 6,000 years. Well, that blows people's mind, but that is what Scripture teaches. But then the second idea that we want to throw out is this. Remember we talked about God created the heaven and the earth, stop, the earth was without form and void. Well, how long was there between creation and the earth being without form and void? Well, I would argue we do not know, but there was definitely there a gap of time between those two verses. We don't know exactly how long, and it could have been a very long period of time. And so when some geologist points at a rock and says it's a million years old, don't worry about that. You should have no worry about that whatsoever, uh, because it very well could be, and we're not worried about that. But what we know is this, that creation week were six literal days with God resting on the seventh. That is what we know. What we know is that God, and we'll cover this a little bit in detail this morning, God did not use the process of evolution to bring you into being. Okay, why? Because we believe the Bible literally, and we take the Bible seriously, and we believe in the supernatural nature of the Bible. Okay, and by the way, when you put God in the mix... Never understood this. When you put God in the mix, why can't you take him at his word? What, what, when, well, Pastor Monty, you know, I believe in God, but I can't believe in all these miracles. Well, what kind of God do you believe in? A God that is incapable of miracles? A God that is, by the way, incapable of standing out from his creation? Do you believe in a God that when he set in order what we sometimes refer to as the laws of nature, do you believe that that God cannot override those laws whenever he wants to, to demonstrate his glory? If your God is that small, I certainly don't want to worship that God. And so the Bible presents a very big God. Now, having said that, it does not give us all the details. You say, Pastor Money, there's so much I would like to know. I agree with you. The more I study, the more I want to know. But what the Bible does give us is enough detail, listen carefully, to be dogmatic on many topics in regard to this. So I want to encourage you about that. You can trust your Bible, and you can trust what it says. Now, theories about creation. I have adapted this portion of our lesson from the uh, Genesis Commentary, Volume 1, by James Montgomery Boyce. Okay, Boyce is known as a fairly conservative commentator. Now listen carefully. We would not agree with him on many things. For example, we believe in what's called, commonly called six-day creationism. Boyce did not believe in that, but he did a good job in his book of listing all of the various positions that people could take. Now, when I, when I give these to you, I need you to understand this that every position that I'll give you, there are different people that have a slightly different bent to it. Does everyone follow me on that? That's, that's true in virtually everything. So understand, I'm giving you glittering generality. Why would I give you positions that we don't hold? I'll tell you why. 
because you may run into this or you may run into people. Let, let me give you an example. How many of you have ever run into a person that says, well, I believe in God, but he used evolution for, the, for man to come, to come to being? Look at all the hands. Look at all the hands. That's called theistic evolution. It's not taught in scripture, okay? I reject that. Recently, um, and, and many uh, evangelical, conservative evangelical churches uh, were taking a good stance on six-day creation. Recently, some churches have actually changed their position on that and said, you can, do, you can believe whatever you want about creation as long as you believe in God. Now, why do I struggle with that? Because the Bible is really clear about what God did. And if, if the words were not written for us to accept what he did and believe that, then why were the words written? And if God had chosen to use the process of evolution, which he did not, but if God had chosen to use the process of evolution uh, for the creation of mankind and animals and all that, why would he not have hinted at that? When you look at the text of Scripture, God could have put that in there, but he did not. In fact, if he used that process and then put in the story we read in Genesis, that is a conflict of what happened. You could say it's a lie. Is everybody following me on this? And whenever you take the Bible and make it say something that it does not say, you impugn the character of God. And we cannot do that. We cannot do that. We will not do that. We take it literally. So uh, look at point number one. I want to talk about our position. And I've labeled it uh, the position held by Faith Baptist Church, six-day creationism. I'm not ashamed of that. Well, Pastor Monty, you, you take a stand on this. Sure do. Sure do. Because I just believe the Bible. Okay? And then, well, Pastor, I, I, can't, I can't believe all this stuff. Well, maybe this isn't the right church for you. I mean, I mean, just that's possible. That's possible, okay? But this is the position held by our church. Um, this is a biblical teaching. The biblical teaching, face value, those words are really important, without reading into the text of Genesis. Again, many six-day creationists have a problem with the gap theory because they see it as a way to acknowledge an old earth. However, as we have emphasized, there is no contradiction whatsoever be between believing in the gap theory and six-day literal creation. So, well, where does that conflict come from? Because there are some people people who are fanciful in their thinking who imagine that God created the heaven and the earth and then there was a bunch of animals and then they all died and that formed the fossil record and dinosaurs were included in that. Okay, that's nowhere in the Bible. That's nowhere in the Bible. Okay, we simply know God created the heaven and the earth, that it was without form and void, something happened. Remember the words form and void are connected in the Hebrew Bible to mean judgment. And then the six-day creation started. You remember that, okay? Well, Pastor Monty, what happened? The Bible does not explicitly say, but it does infer that that was the point at which Satan fell. And I think that's very, very possible. And the inference comes, I'm not going to get into all of that, but the inference comes from the book of Ezekiel that seems to indicate that Satan was the original dweller upon this earth. And perhaps Satan and the angels, before they fell, perhaps. Do you know the words that I'm using? Perhaps. Before they fell, that this was the place of their dominion. It does answer the question as to why was Satan picking on Eve? You ever wonder about that? Just leave her alone. She didn't do anything to you. Well, well, yes, she did. What did she do? Well, when God created man, he gave man dominion, perhaps, over an earth that Satan previously had dominion. Doesn't that answer a little bit of a question? Yeah, and one way, by the way, to study the Bible is ask questions of the Bible. 
Pastor Monty, I don't question the Bible. No, no, I don't mean that way. Ask the Bible questions. Why did this happen here? What is the significance? By the way, what is the context of this? By the way, how does this fit into the big picture? When you start asking the right questions, your Bible comes alive to you, and I want to encourage you about that. So, uh, so there's no contradiction to holding that. We do not believe that, uh, that that gap time period would be a place for evolution. There is none. We do not believe that that's a place for some fossil record or pre-Adamic earth. We don't believe that, because simply the Bible doesn't say it. And I'm here to explain what the Bible says, not some kind of theory. Okay, uh, point B. Several excellent organizations have forwarded the message of six-day creation in the scientific community. They include Answers in Genesis, probably the currently most famous, and the Institute for Creation Research. And then there are a number of other smaller, um, um, smaller places. How many of you have gone either to the Creation Museum or you've gone to see the Ark? Look at the hands. That is the vast majority. Let me say this, good for you. Good for you, because every once in a while, someone tries to chip away, and they call us not scientific. That's the big thing, isn't it? Uh, well, you said, Pastor Ronnie, you're not being scientific. What is being scientific? Today, it means you're a very good liar. Okay, that's what being scientific means. Today, it means you're a very good liar. Medical science would be an example, so-called medical science would be an example of this. Well, I can lie better than the next guy, or... I can do a study and I can manipulate that study to uh, back a preconceived notion that I had. So that, that's very problematic. Uh, but as Christians, we can look at the evidence that the earth gives us and say this does not contradict the biblical record. This conforms to the biblical record. So what are the major points of belief? Now, in order to, to summarize creationism, creation science, in just a few paragraphs, it's a very challenging thing. If you want to dig into this deeper I highly recommend the material from Answers in Genesis. We use a lot of their material for our vacation Bible school. We believe that our young people should be well-versed in this because when they go off to college somewhere, they may face something that is contrary to this, and they will know that there's an argument. You go, Pastor Monty, do you think that our young people are going to memorize all these arguments? No, no, I don't. Do you know what I think? They're they need to leave the church with this impression that there are two sides to this story. Your secular professors in the secular world are saying there is only one side to the story and they will not even consider evidence against it. Let me pause and just be a little bit preachy right now. There is an orthodoxy in the secular world that is defended with more vigor than a lot of Christians defend the Bible. It's shameful. There are philosophies. There is a morality. It's called woke that is defended with more rigor and vigor than a lot of Christians defend the Bible. I say that it's time for us to know what the Bible says and at least know this, that there are good answers and good arguments scientifically. If so, someone brings up something real specific, you can go to Answers in Genesis, Creation Science Research Place, whatever. You can go to all those places and you can find very, very good answers to this. Okay, so what are the major points of belief? These are things we believe. Creation took place within the time frame of six 24-hour days. 
and I've given you a quotation here. Since God's revealed word describes this creation as taking place in six days, and since there are apparently is no contextual basis for understanding these days in any sort of symbolic sense, it is an act of both faith and reason to accept them literally for real days. Okay, that is uh, John Whitcomb and Henry Morris, uh, and that he, he was actually those two men, good men, were quoted by Boyce. And, and you know what Whitcomb believed and Morris believed? We can trust the Bible. We can trust the Bible, okay? Uh, it'd be, wouldn't it be something to get to heaven? And God says, you guys were all wrong about that. Well, this won't happen. But respectfully speaking, then, then why did you put it that way? I'm kind of simple, okay? I just, and God knows I'm simple because God made me to be simple. I just have to be able to read what is on the surface and see it. Uh, the, the message, well, Pastor Monty, if you were a deeper theologian, then you would understand that all of this mythology is, is laden with all kinds of sub-messages and, and, and it's just types and pictures. If you, were, if you had half a brain, look at me, look at me. Did God write the Bible only for theologians? No. He wrote it for all of us to be able to understand. Okay, so it just is common sense. Now, if you can't accept that, then what you're really saying is you can't accept the Bible. If you, I, 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 let me park here for a moment. If you can't accept what Genesis chapters 1 through 11 says, then you're saying you cannot accept the Bible you cannot trust God, and if you can't trust the first 11 chapters of the book, how can you trust John 3.16? And if you pretend that the Bible is always saying something, it means something different than what it actually says, how can you even find the message of Scripture? There are too many people that want to muddy the water on this. So when it comes to this issue, I'm a real bulldog, because if you destroy the foundation, and the foundation of our faith is Scripture, if you destroy the foundation, you have nothing left. And so we hold, we hold to that. Uh, point two, evolution fails to explain the universe and life itself. Rightly referencing, and this is something you'll hear about a lot in regard to uh, six-day creationism, rightly referencing the second law of thermodynamics, creationists see the universe as running down, okay? Running down. In other words, things that are orderly tend over time to become disorderly. Things on their own that are disorderly do not become orderly. Uh, you say, preacher, prove that. Look at your closets at home, okay? It takes work to keep them up. Or remember we spoke about the infamous junk drawer that's in your, your, your well, Pastor Money, I'm gonna clean that thing out. Yeah, you are. Let's look at it one year from now. Why? Things that are orderly will tend to disorder, and those are, those are, those are interesting concepts. But you, you, evolution says that a huge big bang of some sort took place, and by the way, I think there might have been a bang when God created this heaven and the earth. There could have been a big noise. I don't know. It doesn't say. But a big bang took place, and all this stuff flew around, and then it miraculously, oh, they would not use the word miraculously, then it randomly organized itself. Folks, do you know how crazy that is? And, and oftentimes, by the way, an excellent illustration to be given, I'm, I'm wearing a citizen watch. I'm wearing a citizen watch, okay? If you were to look at this watch, you could tell that it's super classy, it's really nice. My wife got it for me for Christmas a couple of years ago, all of those things. But immediately you could tell someone had to design this. 
Someone, there's something behind, you, there is, now listen carefully, there is behind this intelligent design. This watch is complicated. It, it runs off of the sun or off of daylight. This is very complicated. There's tiny little pieces in there. It, 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 it wasn't that someone took all these pieces in a watch factory, threw a stick of dynamite in there, blew it up, and then this came out, okay? That, that, how many think that that's even possible, like reasonably possible? No, but yet something far more complicated, the entire universe, way more complicated than a citizen watch, is said to have just something exploded. Well, where did the something come from? By the way, that's where they can no longer talk. Well, where did this, where, where, it was all gases. Where did the gases come from? Well, the gases are, have always been here. The gases are eternal. You're worshiping gas if you say gases are eternal. Well, that was a classic statement. <laughs> and I didn't even intend it. And you all are a bunch of junior hires, okay? Uh, but but it's, uh, uh, you are, because you're saying you're taking an attribute of God, his eternality, okay, an immutable attribute of God. You're taking an immutable attribute of God, and you're now assigning it to gas. It's always been here. Gas is from eternity. Gas. How in the world? And, and when cornered by this in debates, an evolutionist, I saw a debate decades ago in Charlotte, North Carolina, when cornered about this, and the evolutionist admitted, and here's what he said to the creationist, he said, he said, that is a matter of ultimate beginnings, and he said, that can only be settled by theology. That was a very interesting admission. Now, he wasn't about to become a believer. He was, he was comfortable to go back to gas and stay there. Okay, for whatever reason. I don't, think, I don't think that's a very comfortable place to be. So uh, the second law of thermodynamics emphasizes things tend to disorder over time and that they do not rearrange themselves in an orderly fashion. Evolution teaches that random disorder produced the complexity of life and the universe as we know it. Simply stated, this is an absolute impossibility. And by the way, there have been some who have worked this out mathematically and said it is an impossibility. There are some, some things that are so remote that there's no remotely possible left, it falls into the category of impossible. So having said, something that, that shows design, that demonstrates design, would require a designer. Naturally, someone says this. Okay, well, what about Michael Behe? I'm sure, Chris, you're familiar. And the, uh, and the intelligent design. Okay, what do you think about intelligent design? I think intelligent design is right as far as it goes. It doesn't go far enough. Because if you will acknowledge there's a designer, but you don't try to figure out who that is, you have really missed the boat. Now, I'm glad there are people with enough sense to look at, by the way, not just the complexities of the universe. That's a big thing. That's hard for us to imagine. It's mind-boggling. The complexities of your body, is, that's a little closer to home, right? The complexities of the inner ear. You've got a drum, you've got a hammer, you've got all these different things. Well, Pastor Monty, that just all evolved. Have you ever thought about this? Those are separate pieces. What need is there of a hammer without a drum? Oh, well, Pastor Monty, they evolved together. Well, how did that happen randomly? Do you follow what I'm saying? 
the complexities of the human body are enough to indicate that there is a designer. So when you talk about intelligent design, I'm glad you've come to what is, should be a common sense observable position, but I'm sorry that you haven't located that designer. And, and, and a lot of intelligent design people, they'll stop right there. And they become effectively agnostics. The word agnostic is a Greek word that means to not know. And if a person claims to be an agnostic, they're saying, I do not know if there is a God or not, okay? That is not a good position to take. That is not a, a, an intellectual position to take because if you arrive at the point of intelligent design, then common sense says, if I believe there's a designer, I should figure out who it is. And if you stop and say, well, I just believe there's a designer behind this. If you stop there, you're doing so because of some kind of prejudice, uh, because you don't want to be a Christian, because you don't want to consider the Christian God, or any God for that matter. You'll stop right there. So intelligent design is a step in the right direction, but not nearly far enough. So um, again, look at point two. Evolution fails to uh, explain the universe and life itself, rightly referencing the law of thermodynamics. Creation to see the universe is running down. Okay, I covered all that. Um, let's, let's look at the quote, Whitcomb and Morris. Again, this quote was taken from Boyce, James Montgomery Boyce, who does not believe in six-day creationism, but he recognized Dr. Whitcomb. By the way, Dr. Whitcomb, who has actually spoken in our church many years ago, he, I, I invited him on a couple occasions to speak in our church, wonderful man of God. Uh, uh, he at least acknowledges that these two men were leading lights in creationism, and they really formed the foundation of what is called scientific creationism. But the quotation, the plain facts of the situation therefore are that evolution has been, has been simply assumed as the universal principle of change in nature, despite the fact that there is no experimental evidence supporting it, and despite the still more Amazing fact that universal experience and experimentation have demonstrated this universal principle of change to be its very opposite, namely that of deterioration. Why in the world do people hold on tenaciously to an idea that violates one of the most basic scientific and, by the way, common sense concepts? Why? Listen carefully. Philosophy. They do not want God. It's just that simple. When you bring God into the equation, you bring upon all humanity a huge obligation. So uh, this was realized by Jordan Peterson, Jordan B. Peterson, who is, is inching ever closer to Christianity, okay? It's really, uh, it's, a been a, it's been fun to watch this very public figure, very intellectual figure, moving closer and closer to Christianity. But I remember one time in an interview, someone asked Peterson, do you believe that there's a God? And, and as, as brilliant a man as he is, he gave a real cop-out answer. But here was his answer. He said, well, if I say, he didn't want to say I don't believe in God. He said, but if I say I believe in God, he said, that places me under tremendous obligation, so I don't want to say that. Well, do you know what? He was right, but it was a cop-out. He was right. 
But I think during the time, as I look back now, the timing of that interview, I think that was as he started to open his heart. And I've actually prayed that he would come to know the Lord personally as his Savior. Okay, I've, I've really not just believe in God, but come to know the God of the Bible, Jesus Christ. And if you ever think about it, you should pray for him because what a great uh, influence he could have on so many thousands of people. But uh, uh, it's interesting, he got it right. Because Peterson said, look, if, if I believe in God, I'm under huge obligation, and I don't want the weight of that obligation. So in order to fly against that, we have to explain things. How did this happen? Where did we come from? Some of the basic questions of humanity, we have to explain it. We have to come up with a system that does not involve God. And if we can come up with that, then we are nothing more than animals, listen, and we can live like animals, and we're under no obligation to the Ten Commandments whatsoever, and we're under no obligation to God as creator, and we not only get to live like animals, we get to die like animals, meaning that we're just, whoop, gone. Just, boom, gone. Except all dogs do go to heaven, but gone, okay, gone. That, that really is the philosophical reason for this, and, that, and it's very important. Now, if you, um, if you want to study more into that in depth, by the way, Chris Clay is a wealth. Chris, raise your hand. Chris Clay is a wealth of information when it comes to uh, creationism. He's a very brilliant man, and uh, he will wear you out. Right, Chris? You, yeah. <laughs> right, Debbie? Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Well, uh, I mean, he has so much information, so much information on this topic. It's, it's really vital, good information. Now, look at point three on the next page. Uniformitarianism, okay, the belief that the structures of the earth, primarily, though not exclusively, when we talk about uniformitarianism, we're talking about uh, geology. But it, the philosophy does extend into everything else. Uniformitarianism, the belief that the structures of the earth, the strata, and the fossil record formed over billions of years, is incapable of explaining the clear evidence. The strat and fossil record are in far more agreement with a catastrophic event, the flood of Noah's day. Okay, understand that. Ah, oh, Pastor Wani, boom. Open and shut case. No, there are challenges to our position. Okay, I would, I would be remiss if I didn't speak of challenges to our position. So look at uh, a problem. Six-day creationism's major problem lies in the apparent age of the earth. Okay, think about this. What are you talking about? Uh, well, Pastor Monty, you believe God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. Then on creation day, God said, let there be light. And in six literal 24-hour days, the world appeared not as we see it. Let me tell you, quite different from what we see today. But you had trees that were fully mature. And you had Adam and Eve that were fully mature human beings. Uh, that is what is called the appearance of age. So now continue, look at my point. Six-day creationism's major problem lies in the apparent age of the earth. Scientists argue the universe must be old if the light from the distant stars can be seen on earth. Boyce, who is not a six-day creationist, outlines several scientific lines of argument against a young earth. Okay, so uh, the stars. We know things travel, light travels at the speed of light. Okay, Pastor Monty, God made the stars, but if you can't, if the light doesn't reach the earth, you can't see the light in the distance. So, so the great distance in the galaxy. So if God did that, then he's just deceiving everyone. He's tricking you. Okay, listen to me. Baloney. 
In fact, that is probably when people say, well, the apparent age of the earth, whether it be trees that were mature or Adam and Eve being mature, the apparent age of the earth, that's just God being deceptive. You know, that is uh, one of the most lame arguments against creationism that there could possibly be. Why? Um, and, and regarding the star thing, Chris wrote this for me, and I want to uh, give this a little bit. So here's a fact. Here's a fact. It can take hundreds, thousands, and millions of years for light to reach Earth from stars that are far away. That's a fact, okay? We know that. Here's the claim. If God created starlight in transit rather than it getting to us normally in time, then God is being deceptive. Now that's lame. That's where it gets really lame. Here is the counterclaim. One will make that claim if he or she holds to a naturalistic worldview. So we're going to say, God's lying to us all, you know, that light has been there. That's the earth is old because we see the light. Since God is supernatural, he operates outside the natural law. God can do what he chooses. Okay, God created this world and he created us to be able to see the stars no matter what distance they were away and mankind could see the stars from the moment of their creation. Does everybody follow me on that? I, I think it's really simple because God is God. Now, here is, here is something else because we believe the Bible. God told us in Genesis 1 and Exodus 20 verse 11 that he created everything in six days. Since he told us that, he is not being deceptive. Because he told us that. Well, Pastor Monty, it, it appears that that tree is a lot older than six days. God must be lying. No, he's not lying because he told you that. He told you that. He's not hiding. He's not deceiving you. He told you that. That's not a deception, okay? If a man chooses to believe otherwise, he does it of his own choosing. God placed the starlight already in transit so that the heavens will declare the glory of God. So there is no problem with believing, and you'd be amazed at people who try to make a big deal out of this when it's so ridiculous. There is no problem in believing in a 24-hour literal day creation week and God creating things as they were already mature. There's no, yeah, it'd be, it'd be and this is going to be a horrible illustration because it just popped into my mind. Um, my wife better bake me a birthday cake. I don't know if she is or not, but, but she better. Um, when that cake is put on the table, that cake is completed, okay? She wouldn't throw flour, sugar, and eggs at me so that I would not be deceived by the completion of the cake. This is a horrible illustration, okay? <laughs> now, she may throw eggs at me. I could see that, okay? I could see that. But the, what, what they argue is a problem is no problem at all, okay? Creationists argue correctly that the earth was created with the appearance of age. This can include light emanating from the stars. Other objects can be found, uh, be countered by the gap theory. But one must be careful to confine to that to geology and not impose that upon the fossil record. I've covered that over and over again. Point E for completion this morning. Well, we may have many questions that the Bible does not address because the Bible is not a scientific textbook. However, when the Bible speaks to science, it is scientifically accurate. While we may have many questions the Bible does not address, the six-day creation view is the biblical viewpoint. It represents the text honestly and honors the text over the ever-changing theories of science. And my goal as your pastor is to tell you what the biblical text says not to make something up. Does everybody get it? 
All right, let's pray and we're going to church. Lord, we love you and thank you for your blessing upon our class. Thank you, Lord, for uh, the clarity of scripture with which the Bible speaks. I pray you'll help us to just receive it by faith. We trust what you said and we can hardly wait, Lord. One day we'll get to know all the details that make us so curious. Bless this class, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. All right.